What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Juan Rodriguez, good old JR, Jr., whatever you like to call me. I am back. It has been a minute since I've done an episode. I did mention that I was going to work on my YouTube project, which you can finally take a look at now on my YouTube page. It is called J-Rod's Sports Debates and Discussions. We just got done with the draft. It was a lot of fun. I enjoy it every year. I want to thank everybody who helped uh, me along the way in all those videos that we did for this upcoming draft. It was a lot of fun. I want to thank all my guests that were in there. I want to thank everybody who tuned in. I want to thank everybody who uh, supported the channel, you know, the new subscribers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And again, I want to thank you guys, the people on the podcast here that do follow the show. Excuse me. That do follow the show. Um, look, it, it really fills my heart when I get text messages and personal messages on this app and on my social media saying, hey, when are you going to do another podcast? When are you going to do another podcast? And it just, it fills my heart knowing that you guys actually want to take the time out of your day to give a guy like me some time because you actually like to hear my opinions on today's world of sports. So I cannot thank you enough for all the beautiful comments. But as I mentioned, I was working on my YouTube project. It is now over. Back to podcasting. And I am so happy to be back. And I'm so happy to be back to talk to you guys, for you guys to listen, like, hate it, whatever. I'm all for it. And listen, we have a lot to cover coming back. And I cannot wait. As I did mention, the NFL draft is officially over. It's done. No more mock drafts. No more this. No more that. It is done. Now we just got to wait till, you guessed it, preseason to see what these rookies can do. And I think it is always a, it's always blasphemous. Always blasphemy for me when I see comments saying bust and reach and Wow, he's going to fail. How do we know? The golden rule in NFL draft is this. You never know until three years from now. You just never know what these guys are going to do. How they're going to perform. What is going to happen when they have to put the NFL pads on. And how they're going to perform on the field. And frankly... They, some teams, like I'm going to mention today, might have a great, on paper, it looks like they have a great draft. But in two years from now, <laughs> it was all for nothing. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I always find it funny when people always say, reach, bust already. How do we know? How do we know? And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get uh, started with this brought new season of the podcast show. Um, it is amazing to be back, like I said, but if you want to take a look at the NFL mock draft videos I did for this upcoming year's draft, you can always go back to my YouTube channel, J-Rod's Sports and Debate, Debates and Discussions. So please support that. Please take a look at it, hate it, like it, whatever it is, I'm all here for it. So let's get to it. All right. As I just mentioned, the NFL draft is officially over. No more mock drafts. No more this. No more debates. Now it is just time to see what these rookies can really do.
So I'm going to give you three draft classes here. And I always categorize them in three ways. The best, who I thought had the best draft class on paper. The one that was kind of meh, where they started off kind of strong, but then they kind of just, like, kind of just went with the flow. And one that really worries me. Not saying that it's the worst draft class, just it kind of worries me. So let's just get straight out to the bat that the one that worries me the most, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, uh, look, Najee Harris was an amazing pick. Let me rephrase that. Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama, was the only pick the Steelers had to do. They had no other choice. When you're 32nd in rushing, and you're known as your culture of the end, as long as the Pittsburgh Steelers have been a franchise, there's two things that Pittsburgh's known for. Great defense, great running game. I have never in my life seen ter- great defense, terrible running game from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not once in my life. One that I can remember as bad as last year. 32nd. So there's only one thing you could have done. And I know a lot of people, running backs aren't worth it in the first round anymore. Running backs aren't worth it. Well, neither was Kyle Pitts. I mean, how many times does a tight end get selected in the top 10 actually pan out to be the next greatest tight end ever? So if that's the case, then no running back should be taken in the first round anymore. So... But that's just another conversation for another day. Najee Harris was the only pick that the Pittsburgh Steelers could have done Thursday night on round one. They needed that. This is where it kind of worries me. This is where it worries me. As great as that Najee pick was, the Pittsburgh Steelers only have two offensive linemen that are coming back next year. David DeCastro and Zach Banner. that have played more than 250 snaps last year. They're the only ones. Alejandro Villanueva is now a Baltimore Raven signing a two-year, $14 million contract. He's going to go to the right side now. Mike Pouncey, or Pouncey, is now retired. He retired from the NFL. If I'm Big Ben, I can try to get him back as quick as I can. You got to. If I'm Big, if I'm Big Ben, I did not sign up for this. In the second round, they took the second best tight end in the draft. Understandable. The value's there, second round, okay. But was it a need? Was he better than, oh, I don't know, let's say Creed Humphrey? Was he better than Landon Dickerson? Was he better than Liam Eichenberg? Was he better than Rod Dentz, the offensive tackle out of North Dakota State? Was he? You see what I mean? If your team' biggest need was offensive linemen, this was the year to get one because this offensive line class was really deep, loaded with talent. I mean, for God's sakes, Wyatt Davis went in the fourth round and he had first round grades. Up until the draft where they found some medical issues and he fell to the second. But to get a first-round talent in the fourth round, Minnesota did that. How in your mind could you not see that, oh, crap, our offensive line is young? Maybe we should have addressed offensive line issues. And who knows? Maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers know something that we don't. So, but yeah, uh that was kind of, that's the draft class that kind of worries me. The one that 
really kind of just says, I hope they know what they were doing. Let's move on to the next one. The meh. The Arizona Cardinals. Now, I know it's going to shock a lot of people when you guys hear this for the very, very first time. It's going to shock you guys. It truly is. But let me tell you why it's meh. Your first-round pick, Zayvon Collins, linebacker, great pick. I'm not saying it was a terrible. It was a great pick. You got Collins. You got Isaiah Simmons. That's pretty good. When you guys can get arguably the one and two best linebackers in back-to-back draft classes, that's pretty freaking good. And Isaiah Simmons was coming right. Like, he was really gaining some steam at the end of the year. So I expect him to pick him up. And Zayvon Collins just looks like a pro ready to go. Second round, you got Purdue, wide receiver uh, Ronald Moore. Hey, you don't know about the whole Larry Fitzgerald thing, so you better play it safe. Why not get yourself a guy that has first-round grade tangibles in the second round? He fell to you, might as well. Um, now, this is where, again, it gets kind of interesting. Ever since Kyler Murray came into the league, the biggest issue with Kyler Murray was, can he play? No. Obviously, he can play. Does he have the time to throw? Not really. That's why he has to scramble a lot and do what he has to do. And I get it. Kyler Murray's an amazing athlete. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's in, he's intelligent. But imagine how much longer the Arizona Cardinals could really have him on the field. Had they got an offensive lineman for him. Again, this was a class of offensive linemen that was deep. And if your biggest needs were offensive linemen, we do not know why these guys did not take offensive linemen. In this year's draft class. They got Michael Panette. The center out of Penn State. Solid piece. Is he going to start right away? Probably not. But he's a solid piece. He's a, He might be a good depth guy. Maybe eventual starter. Who knows? But this is kind of one of them where I say. You know you kind of started off strong. Think of it like the boxing match. You know, you started off strong in your first few rounds, and then somewhere along the line, you just kind of, you know, took the foot out of the throat, took the foot out of the gas, and it just turned into, meh, just, you know, really, just, okay, yeah, good, good two first picks. Who are these other guys? So, again... It's going to be one of those things where we're going to see three years from now if it was the right decision. But it's just, if I'm Kyler Murray, it's like, hey, you know, I needed a, uh, kind of need a lineman. Is there value at 16 for a lineman? Yeah, but with Zayvon Collins on the board still, it, I understood why it was kind of hard to pass. So, again, not a big deal. And there it is. And there it is. Now, my best draft class. My best draft class of the, of the whole thing. Rounds one through seven. My best draft class. I got to give it to Minnesota. I have to give it to Minnesota. I There's a lot of candidates. A lot of candidates. There's the Chicago Bears. There's, you know, again, the Cleveland Browns. Good candidates. I got to give it to Minnesota, though. I really do. So you get your first-round offensive lineman, Christian Derrissaw. Nice. And that's your starting left tackle now. You got a backup for Kirk Cousins where he doesn't have to worry about learning the playbook right away. And an arm freak. I mean, just freak of nature strength of arm strength. And Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. Then you get Chaser Rat, who can learn behind Anthony Barr for the next couple seasons. 
you get a Wyatt Davis. First round talent in the fourth round, as I mentioned earlier. And he could be your day one starter. So now you got two pieces in the offensive line fix. You drafted Rail with Bynum the safety, a bunch of other ones. And then my sleeper pick in the seventh round, Jalen Twyman, who could be a great rotational piece for right now. Because he's a little bit undersized and he really doesn't have the weight to be an amazing three technique today. But with Mike Zimmer, he can get the weight, be a rotational piece on dime packages, nickel packages, and he could be a great asset to this team defensively to where it's a good rotational piece. So to me, I got to give it to Minnesota. Minnesota had the best draft class, I, I in my opinion. R- rounds one through seven, they just knocked it out of the park. So many other players that they drafted that they could be, they got to bind them, like I said, the defensive back out of Cal who could be the starter day one. Think about it. Minnesota can have possibly one, two, three, maybe four starters out of this draft class. That's successful. For sure, two. But can you imagine if Minnesota were to get four in one draft class? Four starters in one draft class. That's when you know you're building it the right way. And I get to give Minnesota props. So to me, like I said, the one the one draft class that worries me, Pittsburgh. It's just, oof, I, don't, I don't know. It kind of did worry me. Arizona was kind of meh. Good first two picks up to that. They kind of just, you know, did what, I mean, I think they were just on auto pick. And then Minnesota just knocked it out of the park. On paper, obviously. We'll see what happens in three years. But on paper, they knocked it out of the park. So kudos to everybody. And good luck to all the rookies heading into their first NFL training camp. And good luck to the teams out there for their quest for the Super Bowl this upcoming year. But let's stick to a player in the NFL who's been making a lot of headlines from day one of the draft to today. That's Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm not a man. I'm not a man that doesn't like to gossip. I'm not a man that doesn't like to... When I think of relationships, I try to keep my nose out of it. But this is one relationship that I can't. This relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers is broken. It is so bad. Let me explain something. Aaron Rodgers must have been sitting at home this offseason and this draft and in between Jeopardy. And I'm sure he's saying, oh my God, Patrick Mahomes got killed in the Super Bowl. So what do they do? They brought all this offensive line help for him. All of it. They have depth and they have starters on the offensive line now. Kyle Long, Orlando Brown, Joe Thunny. I mean, that's three starters right there. And all they had to do was pay a little bit of veteran fee and trade a couple picks. And what is what does the Green Bay Packers do? The Green Bay Packers, let me tell you what they do. <laughs> they drafted his replacement 
for whenever the Green Bay Packers decide it's time to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Well, let me tell you something. Aaron Rodgers is not a quarterback that's going to sit back and let the franchise tell him, hey, I'm done. Or the franchise is going to be like, hey, you're done, by the way. But we got a replacement. Thanks for the years. Oh, no. Aaron Rodgers has made it perfectly clear. He wants out of Green Bay. He does. He wants out of Green Bay. And now this isn't going to happen overnight, obviously. What's going to happen is he's going to have to wait until June 1st to where the contract is a little bit more team-friendly and then teams can talk about maybe trading. But the only risk to that is he has to come in kind of late into the offseason program. But it's Aaron Rodgers, and I'm sure he'll pick it up anywhere. And if I'm Green Bay, do you have enough enough faith in Jordan Love to take over the reins today? Because think about this. Think about this for a minute. San Francisco, the rumor is San Francisco tried to do everything in their power to try to get Aaron Rodgers. They offered them the number three pick. Okay, well, who was going to be there at number three for Jordan Love? Kyle Pitts? Jamar Chase? Maybe a lineman? Is the value there? Don't know. Do not know. But if San Francisco couldn't get him for a third, for if San Francisco couldn't pry Aaron Rodgers away from Green Bay, what will? What will? This is not one of those situations where, hey, you know, you're getting older. No. You know, your play has gone down. It hasn't. Aaron Rodgers can still play. He just won the MVP. Just won the MVP. And Aaron Rodgers has already been through this because he, once upon a time, was Jordan Love himself. And this is the thing. The only person I feel bad for in this situation is Jordan Love, the backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Because when it's all said and done and when the smoke clears, June 1st is going to be the date to know the judgment day. That's what it's going to be called from here on out. It's going to be called Judgment Day for the Green Bay Packers. Let me tell you the pressure this kid is already facing. For the people that don't know, the younger fans out there that don't know what Aaron Rodgers had to go through, just look back at his career. And I'll put it to you in simple terms for you younger fans and fans and diehard fans. Jordan Love is the most pressured man in Green Bay. Why? He has to replace the man that replaced the man in Brett Favre, who at that time everybody in Green Bay thought was irreplaceable. That's the shoes that Jordan Love has to fill. So it's it's not like Andrew Luck, like, okay, you got to fill Peyton Manning's shoes. And he did okay. It's not that situation. It's one of those situations where, oh my God, not only do I have to fill in the shoes of Aaron Rodgers, I have to fill in the shoes because he replaced the guy who everybody thought in Green Bay was irreplaceable and Brett Favre. I have those shoes to fill out as well. So I ask you, what is the price for an Aaron Rodgers? 
And a lot of teams are going to be rumored to be all in on him. We're not going to know until June 1st who's a real serious contender. So, the only guy I feel bad in this situation is Jordan Love. Because he did not ask to be taken in the first round. He didn't ask for this drama. It's just, those are the cards he's dealt with. And I hope he's ready to step up when his number is called. And lastly on the list, it's a sports favorite. There's no in between with this guy. You either love the guy or you hate the guy. LeBron James. Not just LeBron James, but the Los Angeles Lakers. The defending champion, Los Angeles Lakers. So as of today, the Los Angeles Lakers are the sixth seed in the NBA playoffs. One more, and they have to start playing competition in tournament competition play. You ever heard that saying, my, my, how times have changed? Well, my, my, how times have changed for LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. So obviously the Lakers are not the healthiest healthiest of bunch. LeBron James just re-aggravated his ankle. Anthony Davis is coming back. He is playing more, but he still kind of looks a little bit rusty out there. Kuzma is not the third guy. It's over. I don't care what Laker fans say out there. Kyle Kuzma can't pack his bags this offseason. Hopefully we get a good deal. Hopefully we can get a second and we can make something work. So we'll see. Kyle Kuzma is not the third guy. Dennis Schrader is not coming back. So the Los Angeles Lakers are left with two options. And this is really the only two options that the Los Angeles Lakers are left with. Anthony Davis, LeBron James have to take a pay cut. Or the Lakers are never going to win another championship as long as they're both there. At least in my opinion. Because what can the Lakers do to get better? Because right now, they look so weak right now. But that's another conversation for another day. The reason we're talking about LeBron James. Just LeBron March of last year, 2020, when the whole thing was happening and then you had the bubble discussions and everything, I'm going to read you guys a quote. You got Portland, Memphis, New Orleans, and the Sacramento Kings tinkering around there. If there's five or ten games left, why not battle it out? Make them play each other all five games. Oh, that's very easy to say when you're the first seed in the West. You know, you really don't have to worry about the in-play tourney playoffs because you're the first seed in the West. It's not like you're the fifth, sixth seed, you know. Hopefully that you don't fall to seven, eight, nine, and ten. You're none of that. You are none of that. Now let's fast forward to April 2021, a game after they lost to Denver, and now they're looking at the playoff tourney. And I quote from LeBron James. Whoever came up with that shit needs to be fired. My, my, how the tables have turned. See, LeBron, I am not going to trash you. This isn't going to be one of those, this is why Michael Jordan's better than you. I'm above that. I'm above that. I'm not like some, you know... Keyboard warriors who always say, well, this is why, Le- this is why Michael Jordan's always going to be better than you. He appreciated competition. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you know, LeBron, it's not that everybody hates you. 
It's just everybody just wants you to finally show why you've, you proclaimed yourself the king. You didn't tell ESPN, oh yeah, you can't use that. No, 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 no. You took it and you ran with it and you said, you are now the king of basketball. Well, Mr. King, here you go. What's the difference now? Oh, because you're about two seeds away to play in that in-play tourney. And now it doesn't sound like fun, does it? Doesn't sound like fun now. Oh, I get it. I get it. Well, LeBron, I hope you heal soon, my brother. I really do. Because the Lakers organization without him looks terrible. And even with LeBron on the Lakers lineup right now, it's doable, but it's not championship worthy this year. It's not. All I can say for Laker fans out there, whoever, it's going to be a miracle for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I mean, this is a huge miracle for the Los Angeles Lakers to regroup and try to go for a championship run this late in the year. Season's almost over. Playoffs are about to start. It is crazy to think now that the Los Angeles Lakers could possibly be looking on the outside looking in. It's just scary. It's just not even fathomable to think that you have Anthony Davis, Dennis Schrader, and LeBron James. The Lakers have all those three pieces. Kuzma's okay. They have a lot of names. And you can't even make the playoffs. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know, LeBron. It's not so funny now, is it? And that's just the basketball aspect. We're not even going to get into your whole social media outlet because that is totally different. We're just talking about your professional life right now. And here's the thing about if you haven't noticed LeBron in year three, Laker fans hold the or Los Angeles fans hold the Lakers at a very high standard. Sort of like what you know they're trying to do to the Dodgers. Yeah, the this is the first Dodgers World Series win since nineteen since the eighties, basically. And now there's a standard in Los Angeles because the Clippers are looking great. The Dodgers are world champs. You're the defending champs. And now there's a lot of pressure on the Lakers to try to get as many championships because Laker fans, diehard Laker fans know once LeBron leaves, Anthony Davis leaves, they're back to square one. No draft picks, no cap. Welcome back to hell. Didn't last that long. So LeBron, if I were you, I hope you heal soon because you got a tough road and the West is no joke. I wish the Lakers luck. It's kind of bad. It's kind of bad for Laker fans everywhere. But we'll see. We'll see. Moral of the story, be careful what you wish for. Because it just might happen. 
So again, I want to thank everybody that did tune in to today's episode. Uh, we are very close, actually, for a personal milestone here. Uh, we are very close to having a milestone here on this podcast. 1,000 listens. We almost have 1,000 views, 1,000 likes. And, you know, I cannot thank you guys enough for all of that. So please, as always, share with your family, share with your friends. Check me out on social media. On Facebook, it's just Juan Rodriguez. You can also find me on my Facebook page or All Sports Talk fan page. On Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Just Another Guy. Uh, YouTube channel again is J Rod's Sports Debates and Discussions. And Instagram, you can find it same at All Sports Talk All Sports Talk Podcast and at Raider Local ninety one for my personal one. So we're almost there to a milestone. So please again keep liking, keep sharing, all that fun stuff. We're gonna be back tomorrow and the rest of the week up until Friday, and we are back again. I want to thank everybody that did help me with my YouTube project. It was a lot of fun. And I can't thank you guys enough. Like, I've already thanked these guys so much. I can't thank these guys enough. And I hope to talk to you guys soon. You know, hopefully we can have some guests on the show soon. I hope we can get back on track here. I know I've been gone. But like I said, a lot has happened. But we are back. We are back. And it feels so good to be back. I cannot wait to get into more episodes. Love you guys. Have a wonderful night and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.